well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. Happy Second Amendment Day to you, you know, 222. I, I, I think it could be, I think we need two Second Amendment Days. I mean, why not February the 2nd? 2-2 day. Pew-pew day. As, as well as 222. Anyway. And I guess you could have 223 would be a pretty good Second Amendment day as well, at least for those uh, fans of modern sporting rifles. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Uh, although we are kind of talking about uh, long guns, Chamberlain 223 on the show today, specifically uh, talking about a bill introduced in Colorado that would raise the age to purchase any firearm from 18 to 21. This is um, not the first gun control bill to be uh, dropped into the legislative hopper in Colorado this year, um, but it may be one of the biggest to date. Uh, unfortunately, there's probably even uh, bigger infringements to come. But yes, uh, Colorado Democrats unveiling a proposal to limit gun purchases to people 21 and older. Uh, the bill's Democratic sponsor sat down with the Denver Post on a Tuesday night to unveil their legislation, uh, which they say is aimed not at infringing on any, you know, constitutionally protected rights of uh, young adults. Rather, they say, no, this is about public safety. Uh, Senator uh, Jesse Danielson said, we know that there's a disproportionately high rate of violence perpetrated by young people using firearms. And that includes suicides. And he, along with Senator Kyle Mullica of Thornton and uh, Representatives Monica Duran of Wheat Ridge and Eliza Hamrick of Centennial, all Democrats, Cited statistics from the Giffords Law Center for the uh, supposed need for this gun control bill. Uh, Duran, in particular, said she couldn't fathom the suicide increase. She said, I'm not saying that this bill is going to fix everything, but it sure as hell is an important, huge step in recognizing and acknowledging that we need to do something here in Colorado. Then Repose notes that only six states in Washington, D.C. currently restrict rifle possession, uh, and that's according to Giffords. The Denver Post does not note that several federal courts have recently declared that bans on um, any type of fire possession for those under the age of 21, adults under the age of 21, is in fact a violation of their constitutional right. We've had a federal judge in Texas uh, declare that the state's ban on uh, concealed carry for under 21s violates the Second Amendment. Had a uh, federal judge in Tennessee rule the same with the uh, with that state's prohibition. Even before the Bruin decision was handed down, a federal judge in California declared that uh, that state's ban on the sale of semi-automatic rifles to under-21s was also unconstitutional. And again, that was before the Bruin test. Now, we can acknowledge that there has been a rise in suicides, juvenile suicides in particular, over the past, well, really going back to like 2009. Um, but the idea that we can ban our way to safety doesn't make any sense whatsoever. In fact, I would point to what is happening in Colorado. You know, Monica Duran, the uh, senator there says, well, uh, we, 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 we need to do something. I, I would say that something's already being done. In fact, many things are already being done here. What Monica Duran wants is to use this as an excuse to block young adults from exercising a right that, frankly, she doesn't feel is all that important, apparently. Uh, it certainly seems to be the impression that you get, given this bill. In Colorado, there's actually been a pretty amazing uh, collaboration between gun store owners, firearms instructors, and mental health professionals, um, very similar to, uh, to Hold My Guns, 
Uh, in fact, I think the group Hold My Guns has uh, been involved in these efforts in Colorado. So basically, if you or somebody in your family uh, is in crisis, or maybe you're just going out of town for a couple of weeks, but you don't want to leave your firearms in your home, there is a map, an interactive map uh, of the state of Colorado featuring all of the FFLs and gun stores, not not police departments, but again, individuals who have volunteered to temporarily uh, hold on to your firearms for you for a week or two or a month, however long you need. And then you can get those firearms back. Why doesn't the state of Colorado, which has no formal connection with this program, why don't they give a couple of million dollars in grants to aid in these efforts as opposed to, again, trying to reduce suicide, a laudable goal by infringing on the fundamental rights of Colorado residents? There are, again, multiple avenues to address an increase in suicide. Um, without trying to put new gun control laws on the books. You know, it was just last week we spoke with Kathleen Milligan of the D.C. Project about the work that she's doing, the Sentinel app that she's developed to help prevent and reduce veteran suicides. She's got a million-dollar grant from the VA for this program. And again, this isn't about imposing new laws. It's about, for the Sentinel app, uh, again, creating this community of veterans and a safety team who can do everything from if, if the veteran wants, because again, it's all voluntary, um, monitor when a gun safe is opened up uh, or simply, you know, allow for uh, that veteran to have a support network and community of like-minded individuals when they're struggling. Again, this isn't um, – it's not a soundbite solution, right? It's not something that you can easily explain all of these provisions in 10 or 15 seconds on the nightly news. But I'd say that it's something far more substantive, not to mention far more constitutional, than the edict proposed by these uh, Democrats in Colorado. And as I mentioned, this is not the last bill we're likely to see. Uh, Mullica said that while this is the first bill in the slate of likely gun legislation that will be introduced, it's not an indicator of one bill being prioritized or the other. He says uh, it's common sense. When we're out talking to people in our communities, it's bills like this that they're asking for. Really? They're, they're asking for gun bans for under 21s, huh? Uh, another bill that posed rights to define and outright ban the sale of guns deemed assault weapons has also been floated by some Democrats, but has not been introduced as the uh, caucus debates how to address gun violence in the state. Yeah, that is uh, definitely up for consideration. We've seen these draft copies floating around. Um, I, I, you know, again, I, 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 don't know, I don't know what's happening behind the scenes in Denver uh, with the debate over the uh, ban on so-called assault weapons. But that draft bill has been out there for weeks now, and we have yet to see legislation introduced. So I don't know if... Some Democratic lawmakers are getting uh, already getting pushback from Colorado residents. I don't know if some Democratic lawmakers are a little concerned that, uh, well, gosh, this is a bridge too far even for us. Uh, or they're just waiting for the right time to introduce that bill, which may very well be a possibility. But there is uh, far more gun control coming down the pike in Colorado. And again, it's worth noting 
that in the 10 years since Colorado really first started this gun control experiment, 2013, that's when the state uh, passed uh, universal background checks. They passed a, a ban on large capacity magazines, uh, which was anything over 15 rounds, uh, I believe. Violent crime has gone up in the state of Colorado. They put red flag laws on the books. Crime has gone up. Uh, and not just by, you know, a squinch. It's gone up dramatically. 75% plus increase in Denver uh, uh, over the past 10 years. So these gun control laws aren't working to keep people safe. They're not making Colorado a safer place. Colorado is not a safer place than it was 10 years ago. It is a more dangerous place. And again, the Democrats, who unfortunately keep adding to their majorities because apparently, uh, you know, Coloradans want to Californicate their state, they keep aiming at law-abiding gun owners instead of actually addressing violent criminals. They keep trying to restrict the right to keep and bear arms rather than fix the state's crumbling mental health system. And again, when these efforts inevitably fail, they use those failures as an excuse for further infringements on a fundamental right. So we are going to be keeping a close eye on what's going on in Colorado, uh, both with this bill that would ban the sale of firearms to under-21s, a bill that, uh, again, I don't think would fare well uh, in court, even if it's popular in the state house. Uh, and yes, that uh, uh, rumored and potential ban on so-called assault weapons. We're also, uh, we've already been covering uh, legislation that would uh, allow rural counties to block the discharge of firearms. No more backyard ranges. Even if you live, again, in, in uh, I know my friend Selena Zito hates this term, but if you live in the middle of nowhere, it still doesn't matter. Uh, a county would have the authority to say, now nah, you can't shoot on your property. No more plinking. I know that's maybe why you moved here, but uh, no, can't do it anymore. So yeah, they are going after gun owners every way they can. And unfortunately, uh, we are likely to see these abuses continue as the session uh, gets underway in Colorado. All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there in Connecticut, where, you know, we talked about this at Barry and Arms uh, recently. Mayors in Connecticut came out, I think it was last week, and uh, were pushing this package to increase penalties for repeat violent offenders. And they noted, the statistics show that a plurality of crime, violent crime in their communities, committed by individuals who are well-known to law enforcement. Amazingly, they actually had Ned Lamont at the podium with them when they uh, 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 pled with lawmakers to increase the punishments for repeat violent offenders because Lamont has been all on board with going after legal gun owners instead, right? He's, I think he's had three uh, different press conferences just this year to outline his gun control agenda uh, before he popped up with the mayors and said, yeah, maybe we should do something about uh, repeat criminals too. Um, that is where the focus should be. On those repeat violent offenders, obviously not on law-abiding citizens. Case in point, Bridgeport, Connecticut. Police say a second man has been arrested in a pizzeria armed robbery. 50 years old, by the way. So the uh, under-21 gun ban proposed in Colorado wouldn't have impacted him. I think they want to do the same in Connecticut, actually, now that I think about it. And again, wouldn't have stopped him. Of course, he wasn't legally allowed to possess a firearm in the first place. Uh, police arrested 50-year-old David Dagley. Charging him with first degree robbery. Uh, bond for that offense set at $30,000, just $30,000. So 10%, $3,000, you get out. No big deal, right? 
He may have even made that much money off of the robbery that he allegedly committed. Uh, Dagley also served, however, with three outstanding arrest warrants. Three for violation of his probation in Norwalk, Westport, and Monroe, Connecticut. A bond uh, for each of those set at $2,000. So $6,000 and uh, Dagley can get out once again while he's awaiting trial. Uh, Bridgeport police uh, said earlier that uh, this pizza place targeted an armed robbery on February 1st. Um, 46-year-old Jorge Ruiz of Bridgeport was arrested on February 16th in connection with the incident. Ruiz, by the way, also just released from state prison in December of 2021 after serving 14 years for a previous armed robbery offense. And uh, again, now uh, he, as well as the 50-year-old Bagley, uh, both accused of robbing the uh, pizza place Sergio's Pizza back on uh, February the 1st. And once again, you know, clearly, long criminal history. We don't know the specific charges that David Dagg was on probation for, but we do know that he had three different cases outstanding uh, in which he was on probation. And apparently, according to authorities anyway, violated the terms of those probationary uh, periods in all three instances. Huh. Uh, almost like, you know, career criminals don't don't really care what Connecticut law says because uh, they know the punishment is going to be relatively light. All right. Today's armed citizen story from Indianapolis, Indiana where the local police say that a domestic incident led to an attempted home intruder being shot and killed. Uh, and this, by the way, not the first defensive gun use in um, Indianapolis this year. Far from it. It was just about uh, 1 o'clock uh, Tuesday morning when police called to the Bayview Club Apartments, found a man named Calvin Pogue Jr., 31 years old, uh, who had been shot. He uh, pronounced uh, dead after being taken to the hospital. Police say that the shooting appears to be domestic-related, but they say that Hogue was acting as a home intruder. In other words, he wasn't supposed to be there, and he tried to break in. So he might have had a relationship with the person inside the home, um, but he did not apparently have the right to be in that location. And so uh, his death ruled a, uh, or considered at this point, uh, a justifiable homicide. Uh, Fox 59 in Indianapolis, but with attorney uh, Mario Masalamani, who said that uh, people are allowed to use deadly force to protect themselves and their homes against intruders. Um, and he said, our legislature values that your home is your castle and you have a lot more protection than if you're on the street. You don't have a duty to retreat. You are allowed to feel safe in your own home. While we don't know a lot of specifics about this particular incident, Fox 59 reported that uh, 10 of the first 36 homicides in Indianapolis this year have either been deemed accidental, self-defense, or otherwise cleared without charges. So nearly one-third of uh, homicides in Indianapolis this year, again, either ruled justified as self-defense, uh, no charges filed, or they were deemed to be uh, accidental shootings and uh, maybe negligent homicide, but not uh, uh, criminal intent. Uh, Fox 59 says that is a dramatic increase over the past two years on the same date when there was only one non-criminal homicide in 2021 and three in 2022. Uh, again, more cases of self-defense is a good thing, uh, unless, of course, you are a violent criminal or a gun prohibitionist who wants to obliterate our right 
to act in armed self-defense. Uh, finally today, our good deed of the day, speaking of one of those uh, places where they uh, do try to make it impossible for you to defend yourself with a firearm, uh, New Jersey, in the right place at the right time, willing able to do the right thing, a gas station employee who helped a woman escape apparently a year-long kidnapping and abduction. Uh, the uh, victim ran into this gas station. Apparently, she had scoped it out previously, and she had seen that there was a deadbolt on the door. And so when her alleged abductor um, went back to that store with her in the car, she took off and ran inside the store. The um, clerk inside, Jamie Garthus, said she came running and he was behind her and he was yelling, you don't want to do this. And when she got close enough to me, she was like, he kidnapped me. So we both went inside and she locked the door and I called the cops. This was uh, two weeks ago, back on February the 7th. Garthus says uh, uh, her boss took the uh, woman into the back room to help calm her down until police arrived. Uh, when police did arrive, they were able to uh, take James Perillo Jr. into custody. Um, they say that uh, the woman apparently met Perillo uh, in New Mexico about a year ago. And by the way, that's the uh, moment you can see the uh, woman there and the store clerk closing that door so that um, Perillo could not get inside. Again, police say that the uh, pair met about a year ago. Uh, Perillo had been using the name Brett Parker, and they met in Mexico in February of uh, last year. The victim agreed to give him a ride to Arizona, and the two began a voluntary relationship. But she said uh, in California, Perillo assaulted her, taking her phone and her debit cards. And after that, she was unable to get away. They allegedly arrived in New Jersey in December. They'd been renting a room in Bass River when she escaped. Again, Jamie Gartha said, uh, she said she'd scope the place the last time she was in here with me. She saw that we had a deadbolt, so she knew if she could make it here, she could lock the door. Uh, police, meanwhile, are uh, looking to see if uh, Perillo uh, has victimized anybody else. Um, but thankfully, again, this woman's uh, nightmare ordeal uh, is over, thanks in part to the uh, quick thinking and the uh, fast actions of uh, Jamie Garthus. Again, just in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing for a woman in need. And we thank her for her very, very good deed. Now, that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. And I'm looking forward to being back with you again tomorrow as we uh, once again delve into the uh, latest going-ons with your right to keep and bear arms. Of course, we're doing that on the website, bearingarms.com, throughout the day as well. So I would encourage you to visit, uh, read, and share all of the uh, stories that you find there. And if you like what you see, I'd also encourage you to become a VIP member at Bearing Arms. All you have to do... Go to bearingarms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. As our way of saying thank you for showing your support, we're going to give you exclusive content, new stories and analysis you won't get anywhere else, because your support really does matter, and it really does make a difference. So thank you again. All right. Have a great rest of your hump day Wednesday. Looking forward to being with you again tomorrow. Until then, be well. Be safe. Be free.